On this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast, we're going to talk about the joy of titties. <laughs> no. That is that what we're talking about? <laughs> okay. How about this? On this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast, it's Lore of Palooza! And it's our 100th episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. I'm making one, zero, zeros. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, we see it. Woo! Ones and zeros. <laughs> air horns, air horns, air horns. Y'all ready for this? <laughs> Let's do this. Welcome to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. We're going to talk about Season 5, Episode 19, Hammer of the Gods, one of Liz's favorite episodes. I now understand why, but I'm going to start with something way important. This is our 100th episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. <laughs> that was my air horn sound. I think it worked. We, we... Pew, pew, pew. Thank you. We need like some jock jams to kick in right now. If anybody's listened to actually all 100 episodes, I love you. Yes. And as a special treat, and uh, we'll post this on our socials too. Um, Is it candy? If you, no, it's not real. If you would, would like to DM us with your mailing address, we will happily mail you a brand new sticker Ooh. or two. We got some new ones printed coming out th- th- uh, just this week. Um, we'll show them up on our social media too. And um, so ch- ch- be sure to check our Instagram and Twitter and send us a note and we will uh, do that. Or you can email us. That's on our website um, as well. So just send us your address, whichever way works yep. for you. And we will mail you a couple stickers. No, that'd be great. And then while you're doing that, then you should also uh, uh, go to our YouTube page and you should like that and you should subscribe it. Then on whatever podcast thing you're you're listening to, you should also just like, hey, these boss bitches have talked a hundred times. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot for us to talk. Yeah. Yeah. And so for that, you should give us all the stars and write us all the positive reviews uh and then like just go around and subscribe random people just pick up their phone and just like go look at devil's trap podcast just see what they're yelling just go yeah and just subscribe them just just have them like it it. yeah totally cool totally cool yeah we will not bail you out but no i encourage shenanigans so uh it's a shenanigan it's not really it's not like it's not like you're doing something like nefarious that's just a shenanigan. It's just a shenanigan. I'm pretty sure shenanigans are not arrestable. That's also not a word that I'm just making up. Also, we do not provide legal advice. <laughs> not on this podcast, no. Actually, I, I often say oh. in my daily job, I am not a lawyer. I am not a lawyer. Nor do I play one on TV. And then inevitably some gifts of lawyer cats start happening because yeah. that's that's where we all go now is to lawyer cats. So, yeah, we'll say it at the end, but cheers, Diana. This is great. If you're listening for the first time. Cheers because, with us. Yes, <laughs> cheers. Uh, we are both drinking sparkly shit. I've got some 
uh, rose, sparkly rosé, like a bougie mm-hmm. bitch, because it was in my six pack from Senior Vineyards this month. It was nice. bar- it was sparkly and it's tasty, and it feels like I summer. I've got some prosecco over here, so sipping no. on some bubbles as well. Nothing wrong with some prosecco. We haven't mm-hmm. we haven't talked about we drank on this for a long time because it took up too much time. Because we yeah, we spent a lot of time on a lot of time on booze. So, but it felt like tonight's appropriate. We need bubbles to celebrate. Yeah. And if you missed that, champagne. you know, sorry. And if you're listening to this for the first time, what's wrong with you? But also, but also welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. This, this all started many a hundred episodes ago before that, when I was wandering the aisles of HEB and saw the family business beer for sale and went, oh shit, Supernatural is ending. I should do a podcast. Who can I force to do this with me? And I was like, Diana's never seen this. I want her to watch this. And this is how I force my friend to watch a podcast. I mean, to watch a podcast, <laughs> to watch a television watch a, show with me. Yeah. Yeah. We watch, we watch the show and then when we talk about it, she talked me into it. I had been avoiding the television show just as a little bit of a reminder for those that hadn't um, been listening in the past or just maybe forgotten. So I'd heard about Supernatural and it seemed up my alley because as Liz knows, I like my like urban fantasy kind of stuff um however i'm a fucking wuss and True. i don't do super i don't do super scary like at all like it's not my jam and i'd watched part of the first episode once and i didn't make it through it because the shutter effect creepy ghost lady scared the fuck out of me and i didn't like it so i was like nope can't watch this show fuck that um yeah but now um now i'm all in we're on season we're almost done with season five we are almost done with season five this is 19 so we've got three episodes we're three episodes in the finale and like diana said this is it probably is my favorite episode and not just i mean well i don't know i i I reserve the right to say that about other episodes but right now in my brain so far yeah it's my favorite so far and you know i think as we'll talk about it tonight it is you know one of the most watchable episodes and it's just so well done and you know i normally we talk shit about our week but i don't think we need to do that this time because i just am so excited to talk about this you want to just jump right in sure let's do this all right so this is titled hammer of the gods and that was likely a play on a led zeppelin single immigrant song uh which you should all know if you have ever seen thor you know mm-hmm. or also i mean as much as i don't like led zeppelin that song is kind of epic when it's when it has like unicorns and things and like riding around yeah. that's you know uh this was season five, episode 19. This first aired April 22nd, 2010, and it was directed by Rick Bota. Now, this was his first and only episode of Supernatural that he directed, but he really comes from a lot of amazing horror stuff. Going back to like 1991 through 1995, he was a cinematographer and DOP on Tales from the Crypt. So oh. on the documentaries, like looking is... I don't know it's really a documentary, but there's like a really good like behind like behind the scenes thing. He's okay. on there talking about it. But 
he just became a DOP. He was a DOP in a lot of things and then directed a number of the Hellraiser sequels. So really mm. like super, super like bloody horror gore stuff that I love. But yeah. he also has done like, he's just prolific, prolific as fuck. And was one of the things that he directed, which we would all appreciate was an episode of Vampire Diaries. And I'm oh. sure he's just like, I was DOP on Valentine and you're excited about Vampire Diaries. And I am because I love that show. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not <clears throat> apologizing. So the teleplay yeah. was uh, Andrew Dabb and Laughlin, the pair. And so, and if you, um, Diana, did you ever watch American Gods or read or I read it? I have not watched it. I have read it. Okay. So I think you can see the similarities between American gods and this episode, just that idea of like gods coming together. And I need to go finish that. I need to go finish it. I've watched. It's beautiful. It's so well done, but it's intense. And Mm. frankly, I just haven't felt intense for a while, but yeah, so there's a lot. What? What? I can't relate can't really mm. no why don't you mm-hmm. want to watch it you know there's a like uh there's the you know the the have we'll cut that in the video portion <laughs> but i was about to talk about the vagina that like eats the man like you know, all sorts of good things in there good stuff good stuff mm-hmm. anyways so that's yeah. some of the background on this episode and uh let's jump in and t- start talking about muncie indiana Muncie, Indiana, and the Elysian Fields Hotel, which looks quite abandoned at first glance. Um, yeah, but it could have been really pretty. You're like, oh, that could have been a really fucking cool mid-century motel or hotel, excuse me. And we see a security guard pull up and start kind of, oh, he unlocks the door, so he has the key, and starts wandering around. He hears a noise, but he's just kind of searching with his flashlight. And this place has just like obviously been abandoned for a very long time. But as he's walking by, we see a dead plant rejuvenate itself right behind him. What is happening? Oh, and it was really a pretty purple plant, actually. It but, was a pretty cool plant. I was like, what is that? I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> you know, I'm like, like, oh, Liz would like that plant in her collection. Um, and here's another noise. And, and then we see that what's a really cool effect is this broken mirror repairing itself while he's like looking at it, which freaks him the fuck out, which is fair. Fair, fair. Totally fair. Yep. You should be freaked totally out by fair. that. And uh, he turns around and there's a man in a tuxedo behind him. And uh, he's like, you can't be here. Uh, And he's like, no, I have to get everything ready. They're coming. We all have their parts to play. And your dinner. What? Uh Uh Blood splatter. Pitter patter blood splatter. And then he is presumably eaten. We don't actually see what becomes of poor security dude. He was just doing his job. But we're going to cut. He's gone. He's gone. But then we get this great cut, right? And so we go from this dungy place with potential, right? And so, mm-hmm. and then Hotel Rescue or whatever that version of that show is that HGTV uh, sure. comes in to fix it. Yes. And we see the facade of a beautiful, fully restored Elysian Fields Hotel. <sighs> the neon the breeze blocks all the things or the shapes of them i don't know if there was actually but either way like the yes, whole there was, there look was... is i thought breeze blocks right yes yes yes, yes yeah the whole thing on point gorgeous like if we were going on a trip and we were looking for a cool hotel to stay at and this one came up we'd be like we're staying fucking there 
Yeah. And throughout my notes in here, there will be peppered just, oh my fucking God, look at that. So mm -hmm. there's also, in addition to that, just the color palette. It's just, you know, it's that turquoise and peaches and just all the and things the that tones. I want to make mm -hmm. happen in my house, which will never oh. happen, but damn, it looks good in here. And it's raining as fuck. And mm -hmm. baby pulls up into this parking lot. And parks like a dick. Like an asshole. What the fuck, man? He just like pulls in at this angle and just like leaves the car there. Who the fuck do you think you are, Dean like, Winchester? Angled like half in a fucking handicap spot or some shit. It was terrible. Terrible. <sighs> um, I guess they're important. Yeah. And in between Baby and the interior of the hotel, they managed to get so wet. They did. It was, it, was, it was like maybe like a 10 foot walk. I mean, I know it was raining real hard, but damn. it was raining real hard, but they look like somebody just dumped, dumped buckets of water on them. So, but as they're oh. doing this, like we're getting more interior shots of this hotel and just shut up and take the my Astro money. Lounge. The Astro Lounge bar. Oh, <sighs> I want to sit at the Astro Lounge bar. Oh, yes. I think mid-century radness is my is my comment at this point. Um, so they go to check in, and we see the same tuxedo guy that killed the security guard is wearing a name tag that says Chet, because of course it is, and he is working at the front desk, uh, and he's doing an absurd, absurdly unnecessary amount of typing, and it's really comical. He honestly. is typing like keyboard cat. It is ridiculous. I was, and I was like, I was like, that's subtle, but it was funny. It was, it was. And he but. gives some registration and then he just points out to Dean that, dude, you're bleeding. Yeah. He's got a little nick on his neck. Like he's got himself shaving. Huh, weird. Odd. <clears throat> so there's, of course the brothers are hungry and want coffee. Um, not just coffee. There's an all-you-can-eat buffet with the best pie in a tri-state area. Oh, shit. And at this point, the song Almost Paradise started going through my head, and I wish, like, it just started playing, you know? Just, Almost <gasps> Paradise! And, oh, I'm like, mid-century, all-you-can-eat buffet, and then, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, the desserts. <sighs> it's a nice dessert lay. Uh -huh. And I will be in Vegas in like two days. And I'm not yeah. going to like, but maybe I'll just be like, hey, like after we get like really drunk at a show, I'll be like, let's go hit a buffet. Okay, maybe that may be my goal. Get real because it yeah. All right, that's my goal. All right. I want I want this dessert thing. But then like and Dean is also he's excited as we he's be. ready. And there's there's another gentleman who compares it to heaven. But Dean does have a nice line and he's like, trust me, this is better. But, you know, the room, like, not heaven, but the room did have a whole bunch of burgers, but not not the pies. It, he does another dick move, and he steals the Oreo off the top of the pie. Yeah, that's rude. But that's, I guess also, who gets that? I don't know. I guess if you cut, if you get the right slice, you get it. But it's in the middle. So what is the proper etiquette at a buffet where there is an Oreo in the middle? I guess, yeah. I mean, smart, Dean. Smart. You just take, you just take the you just take it um but then he um decides he finally picks his dessert and we're walking back to the table and we get kind of another dick move because now hitting on a woman is not a dick move let me be clear 
I think that is a, not a dick move just on its no, face. It to is not hit on a woman. He says, "How you doing?" And she, but she just replies, "No," which is kind of a dick move, but funny. Um, That's a boss <laughs> move. That is a boss move. Just, and it's just like, and no. I, I, I understand because there are times when you have been someplace and you're like, "I just want to read my book. I just, I do not have the energy to deal with you." No. But he kind of like keep, like tries to explain himself or like Mm-mm. keep talking to her, and she's just just keeps saying no, no. Yeah. Awesome. And I think like after the second no, you do have the right. Like she could have tossed her drink because she was just like no, yeah. and then he's like it was like no no no, and like and I get it. Maybe it's like that ego thing. Like you're trying to like save face, but just accept it. And which he does though. He does. It just takes him one more no than it should have. Yes. But, but that's my that's my stance. I was like, dang. But he's very embarrassed by this. Yes. But he has pie. He has pie. And she has a cherry in her martini. Why does she have a cherry in her martini? There was an orange twist and a cherry. What? Yeah, they're trying to make like a shitty Cosmo, I bet, or something. I don't know. I don't that's know. Okay. Mixologists need to talk. All right. So um Sam sits down with Dean or Dean sits down with Sam and Sam has a really big plate of food that he's not really eating, which is weird. But Dean's like, uh, come on, you should go ahead and, you know, eat your food. But Sam's really focused. He's like, we should be out. Like, we should be on the go. And, like, there's this massive fucking storm, so it's really not feasible for them to be out on the road. But they just both agree that the storm is, quote, biblical. Oh. That's interesting. Huh. Huh. So, um... But Dean's like, look, you are worn the fuck down and you're no good to me if you're worn the fuck down. You gotta rest, you gotta eat. Um, we've got we will find, you know, um, you know, we're gonna find Cass, we're gonna find Adam, but you need to fucking take care of yourself. So we gotta, you know, if we're gonna beat the devil, we've gotta be on point. Self-care is important, and you're right, Dean. But also as someone who like works with people who like have to work long hours in crisis situations it's true you were no use to me burnt out go get some fucking sleep because you're gonna make stupid mistakes and do dumb Mm -hmm. things so sam go to bed and enjoy whatever this fucking hotel is like yeah like we've got you've got an excuse for some respite right now respite 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 God damn it. Now I'm going to catch myself. Anyways, you've got an excuse for this right now. <laughs> just so like, take no, it. Just change because, words. Yeah. You've got an excuse for this right now. So just take it because this is our good opportunity to get recharged so we can actually go out and be effective on our fucking mission. Yes. Which is, which is good. I think. As someone who doesn't always practice self-care, I approve of this message. <laughs> this is giving me a look. All right. Um, so, yeah. Um and uh, then we see a waitress walk across the room and the camera follows her uh, and she goes into the kitchen carrying her tray. And what do we see in the kitchen on the prep station, Liz? It's a bloody hand. Yeah. So well, it's a bloody arm. arm. And there's a cleaver and there's a pool of blood. Mm-hmm. And also, it was really cool. That's a real hand. 
So this, yeah. So this is the start. uh, So we talked about Tony before he was the head of the special effects here. So this was one of his. And so it was the arm going up through the table. And then there was a last, basically there was a shirt there. And then he just kind of had a last of the blended. So, and then, you know, Hollywood magic. But I just think that's cool that that was a real fucking hand. That is cool. And the fact that there was a Velcro in there, he said, meant that I think we'll see it in another part too. I forgot it was this one or that one about you know the poor guys who had to be the hands, like and them just basically getting like a pair of depends and being like, we can't like let you out of like what you're in. So hopefully you don't have to pee your pants, but if you do, here's some disposable underwear. Those on, nice sexiness of Hollywood. I don't think they were listed in the cast <laughs> list either. I'm just um, all right. So um, Tim and Dean do not realize what is taking place in the kitchen, but they decide to call it a night. And so they head back to their room. On their way to their room, they see the couple next door making out real hard in the hallway. Uh, and Which is fair. Dean, like, there's like, yeah, I, uh-huh. I've made out in some hotel hallways. It's hot. Yeah. So, and Dean just thinks it's funny. Yeah. And, but Sam is kind of like just makes fun of Dean for being amused by it. Whatever. I thought that was like, that's, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I thought it was funny too. Anyways, so they go in the room and immediately my response here is, holy shit, this room is fucking rad. Because yep. it's fucking rad. Yep. Love the room. Love Beautiful. the room. And not Everything. only is it rad, you can also get Casa Erotica 13 on demand. You can. Yes. Yes, you can. And there's chocolate on the pillows. And Sam's points out, though, some valid confusion at this point about why there is a four-star hotel in the middle of nowhere on a no-star highway. Hmm. It does not seem like a great business model. I agree, Sam. I agree. But also, hotel, like nice hotels in the middle. I mean, off the highway, maybe. But like, yeah, nice hotels exist in the middle of nowhere. That's why they're nice. So, but I guess... Uh, anyways, yeah. So, but yeah. they can also hear the couple next door. So it's not that nice because the walls are pretty thin, and we can hear whoever is banging in the the, the next room. Uh huh. They are getting it down, and then the wall looks like it's getting smashed in from the other side, which is distressing. And Good so, for her. And, and then there's silence. So Sam and Ian are like, "Uh, we need to go see what the fuck's going on over there," and the room is completely empty. The bed's slightly disheveled. And there's a engagement ring on the floor. And that's it. Weird. Sus. So they go tell... Yeah, weird and super sus. So they are like, all right, let's go talk to the front desk. And Chet's like, uh, oh, Mr. and Mrs. Logan, they're honeymooners. And they just checked out. Like right now. After he goes... Oh, your nails are perfect for mechanical keyboard sounds. So, yeah, and he's just like the ring. I'll just put it in lost and found, which seems like an odd thing to do with a very expensive ring. But whatever, yeah. super fantastic. Sure, sure, good enough. Um, and uh, yeah, so they leave the ring with them. They're like, "This is creepy." Now we got to scope things out and keep an eye on Norman Bates. Yep, and Sam does this whole horrible job of following him. It is like the worst, like. That's what I I guess maybe that was my Pink Panther sound, but that was not the Pink Panther sound, but that was in my head. Yeah, I don't remember. The fuck is it? Damn it. Okay. I can't do it either. 
Um, anyways, so no, I yeah. just went to. I Terrible. was trying to do it, and it was like going to Inspector Gadget because I was like, no, that's Inspector Gadget. That's that's what I was going to. It's all right. <laughs> uh, things that our memories have taken away from. So, but Dean, thankfully, as he gets out of an elevator, has a spare has an EMF reader with him. Good for him. Well, hold on, I will point out one thing though. When mm. Sam does a f- lose Chet, I do notice there's a little a little sound effect that's pretty subtle. It's like sounds like a little like a slice noise. Oh yes, I forgot. And there was the hey, he's cut too. Now Sam's bleeding like a little nick on his neck as well, just like Dean was at the beginning. Ooh, weird, weird, and kind of gross. Yeah, but we have an amazing scene where Dean has the EMF reader um, when he gets off the elevator. And he's walking down the hallway, intently staring at the EMF reader, but kind of sort of seeing out of his peripheral vision. And we, as the viewer, get an amazing shot inside a hotel room that has his door open. And there's a fucking elephant with a towel. In a towel. Is it a towel? An elephant in a towel. And so when Dean goes back, there's no longer an elephant, but there's a man with a towel who tells him that it's not a peep show to shut the door, which, dude, why was your door open in the first place while you were naked? But this really reminded me of the experiments where they would have the gorilla, like, walk past in a room, like, while you're looking at something else and then see, like, how many people saw the gorilla walk by or the the Mm. carrying the basketball. That's what this reminds me of. Okay. Huh. Yeah. So we cut to another scene and it we are back to the woman that uh Dean tried to hit on. Um the classy lady, that's how we're classy oh, the classy lady. We see her and she's in one of the rooms and a man is staying behind her and is putting a necklace on her and calls her beautiful and she says it's it's very sweet and she hates sweet. And I was like, oh, Liz. Uh, <laughs> you could already tell that this is this woman is my hero in I so know. many ways. You're just like, yep, yep. And just love her. Mm-hmm. And, he, and this man is still kissing her on the neck and rubbing on her body. But then he stops because Chet's there. And he tells them that the last guest just arrived. Oh, okay. What does this mean? The pantry's full and the Winchesters are suspicious, but under control. Wait a minute. What? The Winchesters? <gasps> what? Oh, they are not as incognito as they thought they were. So, uh, and he has uh, their blood in vials. And I use this term. He, and I've realized that I wrote down, I was like, I described how Chet moved across the room. Like he has like a, the super speed, like a zip across the room or whatever. But in this cheesy books I'm reading, the vampires do that and they call it fading. And I think that's a really cool term for like fast movement like that. So that's what I wrote down. What cheesy vampire books? I want to be reading cheesy well, not vamp- vampire They're not just books. vampire. Yeah, they're... Text me that because I'm going on vacation and I need cheesy books. I do that. Okay. So we uh-huh. sidetrack for Diana and Liz talking about vampire books because we do that sometimes. Anyway, so he has this dem- demonstrated that he's got super speed. Yes. Not the drive. And, He's and just, by the way, he, the series like, is, is Trace, Tracy Wolf's Crave series. Tracy Crave. Crave. Anyways. Yeah. Um, anyways, so uh, we find out that uh, after he hands over these um, these vials of blood, that his, 
He's actually Mercury. His name's not Chet. What does that mean? Mercury. Hmm. Mm, interesting. Okay. So we see our um, Winchester brothers in the lobby of the hotel, which we get another great view of this wonderful lobby. And Dean tries to tell Sam about the elephant and makes a Babar reference, which I appreciated. Uh, if you're a child of the, what, I guess, 80s, 90s, it probably continued through. 70s, 80s, 90s, probably. Yeah, I, I think, I think that's, that. that is a real, I think that, that reference holds. So Okay. Um, Anyways, but they realize that there's nobody in the lobby anymore. Like, the bar is empty. There's no one at the front desk. There's no one hanging out. And this had been a pretty active place earlier. Not that so long that's, ago. Yeah. That's concerning. Very concerning. And guess what? The front doors to go outside are locked. So they're locked in. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And yep. then Sam's little little hamsters in his head start, start going. And you see Sam start oh, yeah. thinking loudly. And he's like, oh, yeah, how did we get here? There was a detour on the highway <gasps> and then the, the big ass storm. And it led us here. Like Side cattle. Oh, no. Let's go check out more. Let's go see what's happening in the kitchen. Yeah. And, of course, on the stovetop is a giant pot that definitely does not resemble tomato soup at all. It is a big pot of dark red liquid. And Dean stirs it, saying, please be tomato soup. Twice he says this. Stirs it, and we see a couple eyeballs float up. That is not tomato soup. It's not, but it did look like it. It was dark red. I mean, what the fuck does tomato soup look like? It looks like dark red liquid. It's brighter, I thought. I don't know. I could pass, like, as beet soup to me closer than, like, that. I don't know. We could do some color comparisons. Anyways, but Sam decides that he's going to go in the freezer and do what you should never do when you're, like, in a freezer. And he... Hold on. I want to say one thing, though. I think it's funny, though, at this point. They are both like put out and just slightly disgusted but they are not freaked the fuck out and i think that just tells like how much fucked up shit they've seen and i was actually amused at their reaction here because they're just like come the fuck on Ugh. like they weren't even like what the fuck like which i think most people would do about a pot full of blood and eyeballs i just was very amused by how they how they made this scene play out. Yes, but also sometimes I can relate because sometimes you're just tired of everybody and their shit. So like last night I finally got to bed. It's like 1.30 in the morning and I'm lying there and watching, oh, by the way, there is a series on Peacock called uh, like Death on Murder, like Cruise Ship Murders or something and we're going on a cruise and so I was like, let's watch things about people getting murdered on cruise ships. This is great. That's what I was watching to go to sleep. And so while I'm lying there with the cat like and there was like a huge noise and i was like fuck that sounds like somebody was opening the side gate and which isn't locked don't come to my house and steal shit so it's locked now and so i was lying there i was like shit and like this kind of way it was like first kind of had the uh and then fuck i don't care like if you're just gonna break into my house can you just hurry up like i really want to go to tired. sleep i am and so i get this why are there eyes in the soup like i just just for once why can't it be tomato soup yeah i was just amused yeah. um but also i've never seen a walk-in freezer with a window fair number one as they move on to that if they move on from the soup and they're looking at this walk-in it's got a window 
which is not the norm for a walk-in freezer, just so you know. And there is people in there because they react and they put their hand on the glass and are asking for help. Did you? Oh. It was a jump scare. Did it get you? Yes. <laughs> you know it did. And you knew it was coming and it still got you. Of course I did. I know. I'm not like, I mean, I can yeah. read the situation. I know it's going to startle me. I prep myself for it. And I, still I think jump. everybody will still jump. That's just human. Yeah. 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 So, but Sam can't open this door. This, this freezer door does not want to open. Uh, it is locked. And then uh, Dean tells him to hurry. And so Sam turns around and guess what? There's two big dudes behind Dean to drag them. Uh oh. So they get dragged to the grand ballroom, which is full of people um, seated at their conference tables. And I know they've all got, hello, my name is Tags on. And each of them has a name written on it in a unique handwriting, which I think was, and that seemed to match thematically what the name was. And this is so well done. Mm-hmm. Right? It's so well done. It's so good. It's so good. Ah, yes. So we see um the first name we really see close is um the uh black gentleman that was the elephant <clears throat> upstairs has uh Ganesh on his name tag. There's, <laughs> there's an older white man um with Odin <gasps> on his name tag. Then we find we find our classy lady as Liz likes to call her. And hers says Kali. Then um, there's another um, black gentleman who is um, Baron Samedi. Yes. And there's a few others. I mean, obviously, Chet has his Mercury name tag on as he rolls in with um, covered platter on a cart. And you see some of the others, um, but we'll, um, I'll, 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 I'll cover some more of those later, but that's the main ones right then. Yeah, those are the main ones. And mm-hmm. also while that's and happening, Baldur. there mm-hmm. is just this wonderful like imagery. Like every time they flash oh, to you, so their name that they're going through, just kind of whatever mystical mm-hmm. pantheon they are coming from, those things yeah. are flashing in the back. So it's really going like, if you're not Very an cool. idiot or just completely yeah if you're not an idiot then just stick just stick with it you're fine uh, yeah. uh, then you start realizing holy crap it's a room full of gods this is a room full of gods and this is the most amazing premise ever well obviously neil gaiman already did american gods but also it's happening here and it's great and it's very cool mercury has dinner mm-hmm. and that is yeah. a human head on a platter, which was also a person. That was a head. I think it was the security guard from the first scene. It was. It was a security guard from the first scene. And that was him. Like oh, Gross. But my, here's my aside. I mean, like, it wasn't even like, it didn't even look like they tried to prepare it or anything. It had like mucus and like goo on it. And, Maybe like, that they wanted like just ugh. sashimi. I like, but I mean, even sashimi is prepared very well. So I don't see. Know. It was gross looking. It was weird because it was gross looking. So anyways, um, and uh, yeah, then we get a spotlight on our Winchester brothers and a man with that was the man that was with Callie earlier has a name tag it says Balder, B-A-L-D-U-R. And he informs the group that the guests of honor have arrived, meaning Sam and Dean, which is never a good sign for them. 
Um, so yeah, he uh, decides that he's going to, um, you know, hold up his flick his champagne flute, inform them that this is um, in all his centuries. He didn't think he'd see this many gods under one roof. Uh, before that uh, i want to talk about how the room is also positioned with them so uh because it's as anybody who has ever been to any sort of hotel room conference like like so you have to like have that planning of you know what is our room going to look like so they made this u-shape Right, uh-huh. which I think automatically like is going to cause some hierarchical problems because someone's going to be at the middle, which is kind of like the head. But the boys are not in like sitting like they're not going to get like the notepad with the pencils mm-hmm. at their seat in that this conference or the, room or the water pitcher. They don't get yeah, that. they don't get the water pitcher or anything. They just get like chairs that are in the middle of the U hole, and that's what I called it a U hole because I didn't know the what U-hole. else to call it. Well, the U hole. The U hole. I knew what it meant. Yeah, which is which is not exactly a position of power. It's more of like a position of being on display. Yes, it's it's not a good feeling. Like if if everybody else is like got to gets a table to sit on and like you're in a chair. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, um, but Baldur's setting the. He's like, look, this is a big deal. Here's ground rules: no slaughtering each other, curb your wrath, and keep your hands off the local virgins because we need to keep a low profile. Yep, and. And then he reveals why while they are here. While they are yeah. here. Why, why they, why they are, are here. here. And they're here yeah. because of the Judeo-Christian apocalypse. And I think yes. at this point, beyond just gods, like Diana probably also saw like, oh, I see why Liz loves this. Oh, well, yeah. But it's a really cool premise. Ugh, and I love so that they're cool. bring, yeah they're bringing this to the front right like so this whole time we're talking about this apocalypse but what about the other fucking religions that exist in this world right and so why are they all succumbing to this and I think that's you just set this set it up and so great and they've got these bargaining chips right mm-hmm. yeah they need to look forward to the future or they're not going to have one so we've got bargaining chips Lucifer and Michael's vessels what do we want to do with them. And, and so, then my notes say, oh my god, the Starlight, Starburst, Chandeliers, fuck, what are they called? Are they just called Starburst? Sput- Sputnik. Sputnik. That's what it was. I was like, what the fuck are those things called? They're so good. It's good. They're really good. And um, so we see another one of the gods, um, Zhao Shen, stand up. And with subtitles, he suggests that they kill them. Fair. Okay. Fair. Ganesh points out, though, look, the, the angels will just bring them back again. And Odin's like, uh, yeah, um, the angels, you know, we, we can't really, you know, they they can barely, you know, they can't even really handle the fight. So this isn't well, Armageddon anyways, because Armageddon is when the great serpent rises up and then I will be eaten by a big wolf. Yep. Yeah, and he gets eaten by a big wolf. And Odin, for some reason, even though we know he's Nordic, sounds a little Irish, Scottish, like that. I just get that kind of vibe from him. So I'm not exactly sure what's going on. But the camera does pan to Dean and Sam's face. And Sam just is like his face is just like his mind is being blown as he's oh, yeah. watching this. Yeah. Because I'm sure he's like piecing together who all of these gods are. And he's like, the fuck? Which, I mean, is a fair reaction. I'm just saying. 
Um, so we've got Zhao and, and Odin mocking each other over their beliefs, which is not helpful to anybody in this situation, but it's okay. And then it is, um, no, 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 no. you cannot pass over this because I think this is the best like closed caption that has ever happened in any television okay. show because as Zhao Shen is just being like, oh yeah, like, like basically like fucking you up to, to Odin. And, and then Odin turns and he's like, oh yeah, why is that? Because your beliefs are so much more realistic the whole world's getting carried around the back of a giant turtle ha huh? give me a break and then the closed captions say don't mock my world turtle and it's just like it does. Don't don't my world turtle. that's good you're right you're, you're right, right. You're, yep. no worth worth referencing absolutely so um, the brothers are, while this is all going on, Winchester brothers try to take this opportunity to sneak out of the room, but nope, they're being watched. It's one of these beautiful fucking Sputnik chandeliers. It wasn't the Sputnik. It's... No, it was just, oh, okay. it was the one that kind of looked sort of Victorian and out of place with it. So I was kind okay. of okay with it. I was like, yeah, get that basic shit get out of Get that one out of there. Doesn't match yep. anyways. Yep. So, well, the chandelier dropped the floor blocking their way. All right. They're busted. So Callie stands up and she's like, look, y'all need to stay here. Also, we need to not fight guys talking to the gods. The archangels only understand violence. There's a no other way. It's them or us. And Mercury's like, well, maybe we just talk to everybody. I mean, we haven't like really tried like negotiating this shit, right? Yeah, uh, no, no, no. He, he does not just say, say, say. So what fucking Mercury Chet does, he comes in with his all due respect, ma'am. And he was like, let's try talking to the angels. And then Kelly looks at him. And she looks at him hard without blinking. And for like 15 seconds, she starts boiling his blood with her eyes because this is what happens when you keep interrupting women and mansplaining the apocalypse. Chet. I may be rejecting a little bit, but. So. <sighs> apocalypse Chet. Okay. Well. Uh, so, uh, Balder does stop her because the whole round rules were not to hurt each other. Mm, yeah. You, you lay the ground rules out, whatever. But then the doors open and we have an entrance of another member of this meeting. I'm going to call it a conference. It's a con. It's a God conference. Con. Yep. God con. God All con. Right. And who is it, Liz? He's got a bunch of names. Pick one. We're going to go with Gabriel. But we'll learn this. Right. I'm always going to be called this one. Gabriel. Because I call him Gabriel slash Loki slash other things throughout the rest of this. But. <laughs> Trickster slash Loki slash Gabriel slash. Yes. All of those. Technically, Gabriel is his true, his true self. Yes. And he just comes in and says, can't we all just get along? <clears throat> And both Sam and Dean are trying to say Gabriel to him, but he mutes them. Also, fantastic superpower. Shut the fuck up. Mm. And calls them muttonheads. So they can't talk. Mm -mm. And then Balder reveals something. He does not think he is Gabriel. He thinks mm -mm. he is Loki. So Correct. now all my pagan gods are gathered here. And it is time. For the 100th episode, it's a special. What are we doing? It's not lore. It's lore palooza! Woo! 
Laura Palooza. What the first? We've got a whole bunch of shit here. So we have got like 4,000 gods to go through that are going to go through in like 10 minutes because this episode can't be that long. So let's go. All right. First, Elysian Field Hotel. This is a reference to the Elysian Fields, also spelt Elysium. In Greek mythology, this is a paradise where gods and nobles spend eternity in the afterlife. All right, so we have that background. So gods, let's talk about Mercury, right? It's a Greek. We're there. All right, so Mercury, aka Chet, his pantheon, it's Roman. His origin, he shares a lot of characteristics with the Greek god Hermes. His parents were Jupiter, a.k.a. the Roman version of Zeus because they stole everything from Greece. And Maya, maybe, sort of. We don't know. It's They fucked a lot. Complicated. Complicated. Yeah. All right. So his name is probably related to the Latin words merks, which means merchandise or merchant or commerce or to trade or wages. And with that said, it makes sense that he is the god of Financial game, commerce, eloquence, messages, communication, divination, divination. Yeah, that's not that right. Travelers, boundaries, luck, trickery, and thieves. And he is one of my favorite words. Psychopomp. He is a psychopomp. And if you have not listened before, that means he leads <sighs> souls to the underworld. But also, the first album, Tortilla Bats, will be putting up. Yeah, that's our that's our someday we're gonna make a psychobilly band. Someday yeah. our band, Tortilla Bats. Um so hold on, one of the things he's the god of is the traveler, which is interesting because he's the one that set up the hotel and renovated it and then worked the front desk. Ooh, go. good catch, good catch. All right. Fashion, appearance. We care about fashion. Diane is in this fantastic sequin blazer looking boss as fuck. I am in a Your retro tiki dress. thing with my titties hanging out. All right, so that, great. Again, watch the YouTube. You just see boobs. I mean, I don't know if there's any other things, you know. So, all right. He wears wing shoes, not wingtips, wing shoes. He has mm -hmm. a winged hat. He also carries a, damn it, I learned how to say this word and I forgot it. Cat, caduceus. I think that's how you say it. Caduceus. Caduceus. Yes. It is a short staff, which is entwined by two snakes. And sometimes it's, it has wings on it, but you see it on doctor stuff, right? It's like that doctor mm -hmm. thing that has the snakes on it. He's got animal friends. He's got roosters because they bring the new day. Rams or goats because those, for some reason, symbolize fertility. I've never figured that out. They don't fuck that much, but I guess they, because it's like one, one goat to. Goats, goats do, right? But it's like one billy goat to like a bunch of like female goats. So I don't, I don't know. Uh, so he likes tortoises and snakes. Those are also things because all things, trickeries, whatever's. Powers, uh, super speed, obviously. Oh, yeah. Again, not the drug. Well, he got wings on his shoes. Yeah. That makes so, sense. And he also has the power to be able to cheat people out of shit. All right. Next, we've, we got to get a lot to get through. All right. So we're going to move on to another psychopomp because I want to say that word as many times as possible. And this is Baron Samedi, a.k.a. Baron Samdi, Bawan Samedi, or Bawan Samdi, a.k.a. Baron Saturday, which is just the why can't we just call him Baron Saturday? That's so much easier for me to say. Uh, his pantheon, Haitian voodoo. Uh, his origin, uh, it is believed that the first male that was buried in a cemetery became the manifestation of Bawan Samdi, and he became the guardian of the cemetery. So he is not technically a god. He's kind of one. He's a loa. 
So in voodoo, the supreme god Bondi, I think that's how you say it, B-O-N-D-Y-E, he can't or doesn't interfere with the human plane. So uh, there are loas, and those loas all have their three families of them, and one of them is the Gedi, G-H-E-D-E, and those are associated with the dead and carnality. What do we love? Carnality. And Baron Samedi is the head of them. So like I said, he is the master of the cemetery. He protects the veil between the living and the dead. He also helps people from becoming zombies, which is a very important thing to do. That is. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Fashion, appearance. He is very well dressed. Uh, He often is seen in dark or colored glasses because bright lights hurt his eyes and get you. He will also sometimes take out his right lens so one eye can look at the world of the living and the other at the world of the dead. Or also sometimes to keep an eye on his food because he likes food. So good for him. I mean, yeah, who doesn't, right? Yeah. Uh, we often see him in a top hat uh, and a black tailcoat. Sometimes he appears as a skeleton or sometimes just a black dude with skeleton paint on his face. And he carries a cane with a skull on it. Like he just, we've got some very well like Screaming Jay Hawkins. Like Screaming Jay Hawkins. He is very, actually there's lots of similarities that come from those. Uh, I'm not going to call these animal friends, but he likes to eat goats black goats and black roosters so maybe not his friends uh powers he can decide who can die and who will go on living he can cure Hmm. any disease but only if he wants to and only if the person is deserving symbols we see with him skeleton coffins black crosses farm implements it's a weird one throw in there okay i don't know what those are i'm guessing like tractor i mean like i don't know like the what is like a scythe and a scythe yeah i guess i don't know what other things are on on farms harness for an animal i don't know (laughs) some fun facts uh you can usually find him being lewd or making fun of those who take life too seriously i mean he is a trickster like just like loki Mm -hmm. or gabriel however you want to call him he does love to drink he makes his own rum, but the rum has 21 peppers in it, and it's so spicy that not even any of the other Lolas can drink it. It's, But he likes to drink it all the time. Uh, he's also a smoker, especially strong cigarettes and cigars. And he's hmm. also super sexual. It is often represented by phallic symbols. I just wanted to make penis shapes with my hands. So, okay. all right, let's go to the east. To the east. All right. Zhao Shen, aka the Kitchen God, uh, aka Zhao Sujun, Zhao Shen, Zhao Kim Ya, and then other things I'm not going to pronounce. But basically, his name means uh, Stove God or sta- Stove Master. His okay. pantheon is Chinese mythology. Uh, so typically, like Buddhism is where he's been seen, but pretty much anyone in China is going to have things for him there. Uh, at least once a month, Zhao Shen departs from his place above the kitchen so- stove to relate to the celestial gods what he has seen. So basically, he's a big old tattletale and spy, kind of like Santa. 
So he is watching what you're doing, and then he tells that's seasonally boss, seasonably appropriate seasonally reference. Seasonally appropriate. He's letting you know if you're naughty or nice. You know he's letting them know. And traditionally, every Chinese household would have a paper effigy or a plaque of Zhao Xun, Zhao Shen, and his wife. But also, his wife writes down everything for her husband's report. So I kind of hmm. think that his wife is doing all the work and he's just taking the credit, but that's me. Uh, so, but that's typically above the fireplace in most kitchens of Chinese households. And so therefore he is the God of the hearth okay. fashion appearance. There's different versions of him. And so there's different images used for him. Sometimes he's like a dignified official. Sometimes he's by himself. Sometimes he's with his wife or his six daughters, but he just, you know, kind of looks like a dude. Yeah. So nothing, nothing really particular. He looks like a dude. Uh, okay. So uh, he, but he can like bestow either poverty or riches on you, like as a family. Important. So you want to keep him happy. Right. And mm -hmm. every year uh, there is the kitchen God festival, which is sometimes known as little new year. The dates vary okay. depending on where you are, but typically it's the 23rd day of the 12th lunar month, but a week before Chinese New Year. And during okay. that, there is an offering table, but because you only want him to say sweet things, it's only got sweet dishes. So we get lots of good oh, food, though. So nice. oranges, tangerines, chickens, pork, cakes candy and just like lots of rice wine so because he also likes to eat and drink sake sake probably uh although that's japan not china but i'm sure it is know. japan but there's some overlap on some of those things some overlap it's a rice wine it's a rice wine yes <clears throat> uh before he leaves also like so if you've got a picture up of him beyond like feeding him you should also smear honey on his mouth so that he only says nice things and then oh. after that then you burn him and so you're burning the image it's of her. Yep, it's a it turn. Took a turn. Put honey on his mouth so he's only sweet. Then you set him on fire. And then you set him on fire. But that is because the you know the smoke rises up towards the heavens, and so that symbolizes his journey going. Um, often during this, you can give like spirit money during the burning, or sometimes you you can make like a chair or a horse. Uh, you can pour liquor over him to like make it burn bigger and that but also make him get to heaven faster right because he's got like all this the stuff to go through and then yeah. after that's done like the uh, days pass etc and i'm very sorry if i'm harshing on your traditions i'm not trying to make light of them we just have to do this really quickly um then a new image is put up if you're doing if you don't have like if you're not doing it kind of like by the paper if you got a statue or a nameplate then that's just taken down and cleaned right also he is very open to bribery so okay. uh, it's just uh, again not to you know, put this into i guess you know culturally you know or whatever just uh analogies or just seasonally things it's like giving santa cookies right you give yeah. cookies and he's not going to you know he'll take you off the naughty list right all right so moving on we got to keep going we got something to go through all right the hindu deities and i do want to say there is a preference uh so the depictions of the hindu gods ganesh and kali in this episode were deemed highly offensive by the president of the universal hindu society hindu statesman rajan zed in a statement in nevada 
said that Lord Ganesh and goddess Kali were highly revered in Hinduism and such absurd depiction of them with no scriptural backing was hurtful to the devotees. Ganesh and Kali were meant to be worshipped in temples or home shrines and not to be thrown around loosely in reimagined versions for dramatic effects in TV series. Zed, who is president of Universal Society of Hinduism, asked the producer EW Network, I think that was supposed to say CW Network, and director Rick Bota to issue a public apology and urge them not to reimagine Hinduism concepts and deities in the futures to advance a commercial or other agenda. And that's what he said. Moving on. Okay, huh. so. Uh, here, hold on, I'm, I'm going to jump in. I gotta, I've got an aside. <laughs> so far in this in this series, so, wait, I, I'm sure that there was some group that complained, but I feel like they've freaking gone after every pretty much religion at this point. It wasn't like, oh, fuck, let's go make fun of Hindus. No, they're talking shit about angels, demons. We got fucking God they're talking shit about, like, for the Judeo-Christian God. I mean, like, come on. Like, I, I don't yeah, know. That's my take. To that's be my fair, hot take. I get, I get your hot take. And Rajan Zed, uh, he is an... I'll use the word activist, I guess. He is uh, a proponent of respecting Hindu religions throughout marketing and media and in many shapes and forms. But, and this is my hot take, is I don't give a fuck about any religion and I don't think Supernatural did either. Yeah, I think I think I think they're all free for all. Let's go. Let's make fun of them all. Yep, let's go. And I'm just, yep. And so <laughs> we've made fun of, they made fun of freaking Satanists before on this show too. Yeah, uh, I'm just saying. I was, I was saying. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, uh, and that's why I said I was. Just, there you go. I was just presenting that. Presenting. That's what he said. I don't know if the apology was made. I don't know. What, I could not find anything that yeah. said they did. So I guess it wasn't. I'm gonna assume it wasn't. Uh, but it just it was an interesting thing that happened. No, so and I wanted to. And, and I also just I mean it is an acknowledgement of hey yeah it's. You believe what you believe. I'm not going to mock it, but I am going to mock right. religion because religion's highly mockable. All right. So Ganesh. Mm. All right. So Ganesh, known, also known as Gan, uh, Pat, um I really don't, as much as I don't want to, you know, offend people that I could do that through my terrible pronunciation. So uh, Gatapati, Vinayaka, and uh, Pilayat, I'm not saying the last one, uh, but basically he means Lord of the people, right? Yeah. The Pantheon is Hindu, and he is one of the most well-known and worshipped deities in the Hindu Pantheon. And he's also, I think it's really interesting, is worshipped regardless of the Hindu affiliation. So mm -hmm. just like Christianity has all the different sects that break down and worship different mm -hmm. things, uh, so does Hinduism, right? And, okay. But no matter which of those, like, everybody loves Ganesh. So origin there are a number of stories but among the most popular in tldr format his mother parvati made him while his dad was away either from dirt she washed from her body or just dirt and when shiva met him uh, shiva met him shiva shiva he thought he was lying about him being his son and was there was fighting and then he cut off his head and oh. then his mom came and she was <clears throat> upset yeah like you know well, my son doesn't have a head that's upsetting. Yeah. So uh, he got an elephant head to replace it. And that's why he has an elephant head. So oh. there's a lot of other stories about it. But like I said, TLDR. All right. Go yeah. And he is the god of beginnings, arts and sciences, learning, intellectuals, thinkers, scribes, and authors. Fashion and appearance. He has an elephant head. Duh. Yeah. 
He's kind of pot-bellied because he likes sweets, too. So I'm pretty glad that all our gods and heroes are just, like, all on board with eating. Yeah. All right. And he's often seen holding some. Um, He also Mm. usually has a broken tusk, and there are many stories behind that. He could have stabbed the moon with it. Maybe Krishna hit it with an axe, or he broke it off. Wow. Depends on who you believe. Uh, Animal friends. He does have a giant bandicoot rat he rides, and that rat's name is Crancha. Love it. Yeah, I would ride a giant bandicoot rat or an opossum. Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah, I pretty much ride any animal. I don't care. Yeah. All right. Powers. <laughs> He's good at removing obstacles, okay. bringing lux, love, and compassion. All right. Now, my girl, Kali. All right. Mm-hmm. Sanskrit uh, translates to basically she who is black or he, she who is deaf. She is the god goddess or of the mother of all living things. She's a goddess of empowerment. She protects the innocent against oppression. She is a provider of moksha, which are forms of emancipation, enlightenment, liberation, and release. She is the symbol of destruction and creation, but also associated with sexuality and violence. So just these dichotomies, but also just these very passionate, emotional things, right? Like, yeah, uh, she's just a boss bitch. Is like, I really wish that was just like, Kali. Boss bitch. Boss bitch. Boss bitch. All right. Fashion, appearance, as all boss bitches care about. Not all, but yeah, whatever. Okay. Hmm. There's two general forms. Uh, you'll either see her in the four-armed or the ten-armed form. I think okay. most people are probably pretty familiar with most of those images. Uh, yeah. So if she's got the ten-armed form, she usually has ten faces, ten feet, and three eyes for each head. In the forearmed, she has a sword in one hand and the head of a demon or a person in another. And the other two hands are blessing her worshipers and saying, fear not. So the sword can signify divine knowledge. And if it's a human head, that's a human ego. And that represents that the human ego must be slain by divine knowledge. Deep, deep, right? Uh, other things you can see in her hands she could have a dagger a cup a chakra a whip a bell a sword a trident drums lotus bud or a shield so many things all the accessories love it so many accessories so many accessories she is usually described as black in color or a dark complexion although we often see her presented as blue but the black complexion i think is really interesting because they say it as you know that can be the all like transcendental because all colors disappear in black so all names and forms disappear in her. Oh, cool. Yeah. Also, I love this. Her eyes are red because they're filled with intoxication and rage. Yes. Yes. My woman. My woman. All right. And often her hair is a mess because she's doing shit. And sometimes she has little fangs and her face and boobs are covered in blood. These are the best accessories and we'll see them referenced partially in this episode. She has two dead heads for earrings, a garland or a string of skulls that she wears as a necklace or a, and a belt made of human hands as her clothing, right? So the garland of 50 human heads that stands for the 50 letter, 50 letters of the Sanskrit alphabet and symbolizing Mm -hmm. infinite knowledge, the severed heads, and it does uh, often referred to as a girdle, which we have also learned over episodes means a belt, not just a thing that we're sucking our fat with, but also, you know, maybe she wants, like, they're her spanks, right? So maybe her spanks yeah. has some severed ha- hands on them, right? So, but yeah. the hands are basically, they're signifying work and liberation from the cycle of karma. So those hands are just doing shit, right? They're, just, yeah. they're an accessory, but also practical. 
important. She sometimes wears a tiger skin. We love that. We love a tiger skin. Uh, or a red sari. Or sometimes nothing at all because she's free from all that nonsense of fucking clothes. Her tongue is usually hanging out. And there's a lot of reasons for this, but we just don't have time. Sometimes she's also seen or dancing on her husband's ship. Animal friends. She does have them. She uh, rides a tiger. Yes. We love that. Yes, please. Uh, she does that to indicate she possesses unlimited power and uses also the tiger is used to protect virtue. So just like it's you know, her weapon. Tiger, she's riding. And she also sometimes sits on a lion and that's to remind us to control our animalistic tendencies like greed and mm. anger. It's nice. Oh, fuck, man. We still have the Norse gods. All right, all right. Let's do this. Let's do this. Okay. Odin. Odin. We talked yeah. about him before, like season one. Go find, just search it. Just find it. You'll find it. We don't even talk about him we again. We did a lot of Norwegian stuff back we, then. We yeah. did it. We, 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 we love him. All right. Loki. We love our Norse gods. It's we fine. love our god. But, and then Loki. And if you haven't seen the fucking movies yet, whatever. Like, you should know about Loki. Like, what's wrong with you? All right. But there are a couple, just two things that you need to know about him in addition to that. He did have a son uh, named, and I've seen this pronounced different ways. I'm going to say Fenrir. Uh, but Fenrir, basically the big, the wolf and yeah. he killed his brother Balder. Okay. So Balder, and we're going to talk about him just cause we haven't talked about him before. I don't think no. and if we have, like, he's just not well known, right? Mm -mm. Not as well known. I know the name, but yeah. Yeah. So as I just told you, he was Loki's brother and okay. also Odin's son. And he was everyone's favorite God and super hot. And so like, awesomely hot that he gave off light like he's like so pretty you're just like oh it's impressive okay, i can't look at you you're too hot uh he died because loki tricked someone into stabbing him with a spear of mistletoe also seasonally appropriate he it is, it is. he had a horse named let fetty and that was sacrificed on his funeral pyre so don't like that i don't oh, stark. just if you want to honor a horse, just let it live a long time and feed it good food. You know, right. don't burn it. And he does come back at the end of Ragnarok. All right. So we do have to talk about Ragnarok real fast just to explain what Odin was saying. So mm -hmm. TLDR Ragnarok. All right. It gets really cold, like the worst winter. Then three yeah. roosters crow. The roll yeah. tree shudders. The guardian to the underworld, which is a pupper's named Garr, he howls and he breaks free from his bondage. The oh. ship Malgarfar, uh, that's a very famous ship made from the human toenails and fingernails, breaks free due to the ways made by Jurgermurgerar. Um, that's how we pronounce Nordic languages on the show. And that's okay. a giant snake, also Loki's child. And he was sh he was shaking around because he was in pain. All right. it's a, well, it's an Ouroboros, the snake, the giant snake. It's the world snake. It circles the world and it holds the world together. It's an Ouroboros. Whoa. Anyways. And he goes, Diana just throwing in extra lore. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, All right. It's Lord Belusa. Anything happens. <laughs> All right. So the Asgardian guard, Himalder, rr, rr, sounds his horn. And that lets the god know the gods know that Ragnarok is starting. Loki breaks nope. free from his punishment from killing killing Balder. He joins his kids, including Fenrir, and they wage wars against the gods. 
gods. Then the wolf eats Odin. The gods fight more. Blah, blah, blah. Eventually it ends. Baldur comes back from the dead and those gods and the humans who aren't dead live in a golden age and we're done with no, fuck the world turtle. Okay, the world turtle. Alright, don't mock my world turtle. In Chinese mythology the legs of a tortoise were cut off to keep the sky from falling. Done. Boom. That's the end of Laura Palooza. Woo! Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeehaw. That was quite the Laura Palooza. But it was all so good. So, so, so good. And so apropos for this episode. Apropos. Uh, And some things I think would help explain some of the dialogue that we've seen. Oh, for sure. For sure. And and I think that, you know, it comes across as much as, you know, uh, we as individual human beings, you and I have our own different belief structures and experiences with um, religion and beliefs. We're also really both enjoy this kind of, of study and think it's really cool. So it's fun to. Yeah. No, I mean, obviously I love lore. It's why we have the lore section. Well, but, yeah, but I mean, the, but the, but the God but specifically in this is really cool to get into, go specifically into all the gods. Like well, and that's what make this, this is, you know, why, one of the main reasons I love this episode is yeah. just this idea of how do we distill these basic trait, like traits of these icons. So yeah. no matter into like, a quote unquote modern person. Suddenly. Yeah. So they're pulling them into this modern persona and, you know, not to go back to Zad or, not, I'm not mocking you, dude. But I mean, just that idea of like, yes, you know, religion as sacrosanct. I think a lot of what creative worlds do, especially the show, is to take the dogma and the mythologies from those rich religions and question them. We put them into a creative context and see how they apply to the human, you know, human person. Mm-hmm. I guess all humans are persons, but I mean, we see these human, char- experience. human experience and the characteristics of these develop into the characters. And this is also why Kali is just so amazing. I love her. And so we're going to, uh, we're going to, we're, we're still, nope, there's more things that I'll be, I think will be coming through as we just go yeah. through just the characters as the show progresses. So let's, let's step back from lore. Let's go back into our episode. And go back to Gabriel Loki wanting to know where his invite was. Bitch. Mm-hmm. I didn't see you didn't tag me on that letter that feed that party was at. Yeah. But um and then and then we got a great elephant in the room reference. I'm sorry, I was tickled. Uh, um, I was definitely tickled in there because Balder uh and then Loki and it was Loki's Gabriel says that, right? Yes. Yes. Gabriel, Sorry, I'm on a lore high. That. Let's talk about the elephant. I, I was like, room. I had to come off my Laura Palooza high. It was there was a lot of green backstage. Again, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, but Gabriel, aka right now Loki, uh, tells the gods that they can't stop the apocalypse. So I'm gonna send the Winchester brothers away so the adults can um, can have a conversation. So he snaps and they disappear. And they are now in their fancy-ass motel room and kind of freaking the fuck out. 
Which is fair at this point when you're in a room full of gods. Can you imagine, like, you know, because they had to have been puckering so hard. Just like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What do we do? What do we do? Oh, my God. Who? You are who? They go with (laughs) angels and demons. They're looking for the devil. And then on top of that, you've got all these other gods? Like, hold up. This is way more complex than they were prepared for. So they're like, all right, what's our next move? We've got to get the people out of the freezer and maybe, as Dean says, bag a few freaks along the way. He doesn't say bank. He doesn't say bag. He thought I said bag. Oh, he said gank. He said gank. There's two of them this episode. To... I just didn't want to write it. Um, Fair. Gank a few freaks along the way if they're lucky. But um, but that's but that's their goal. Okay. Don't have a plan. But then Gabriel appears. Uh, and it's just and... as a sexy voice in the couch. But when are you ever lucky? Ah, oh, there, there he is. They never are. So, uh, anyways, but I, I like the dialogue here because Dean does default to his standard dialogue, which is reflective of also previous episodes that have been cited for things like Destiel. So, is is evidence to me that that is not an accurate interpretation Meh! when he says, Meh! "Bite me, Gabriel." And Gabriel replies, maybe later, big boy. Which is funny. No. When he says it to to Cassiel, he says it with love. Also, in my note, says, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Those lamps. Those silver sphere ones are so good. Everything in there is good. I want that in my house. So. um, And Dean's like, look, this whole thing is is a Gabriel Loki trick. And that doesn't check out. He's just trying to convince himself. Because that doesn't make any sense. So. Um, Gabriel is like, no, no, I'm the Costner to your Houston. I am here to save you. So he's like, those guys are going to dust you or use you as bait. Either way, you're quote, uber boned. And just the dialogue written for Gabriel in this episode had me rolling. Yep. And Dean here was just like, weren't you uber boning them just a few months ago? And then my notes say, please more uber boning. Followed by... Gabriel still thinks they and Michael at all will dance a Lombada. And then this is where I go. Is that a reference that is still understandable? Do the kids today even understand about the forbidden dance? The Lombada? No. (sighs) I miss the time when the Lombada was something dangerous and sexy. Mm. It was forbidden. (sighs) It was forbidden. Forbidden. So Gabriel's like, uh, yeah, you're still gonna, you know, yeah, the end is still nigh. You're gonna do this thing with Michael and Lucifer, just not tonight, not fucking here. So I don't really give a shit, but I did have a thing with Callie. She was all hands. No. Hey. Just no, no, no. (laughs) Like dad jokes are fine. No. I liked it. You sit in the corner and think about what you just said. Um, and Sam's like, look, do we even have a chance against the devil? Cause they feel like, you know, like Gabriel might have an idea. And he's like, nope, bad idea. He's going to turn you into finger paint. Yeah, oh. but he's not wrong. I just like, and this is also one of the problems I have with this episode. Like, and I get, we're getting this idea that the angels are so powerful, but I'm like, they're fucking gods. Yeah, but I mean, it's implied that the archangels can stand up to the, to these gods. So that's an interesting concept. Um, yep. I don't know. But 
this is also where they learn that they're under Callie's Kali's blood spell. And that's why they can't get zapped out and by Gabriel of this hotel room. So anyways, um, Gabriel like squirts an excessive amount of mouth spray. Do you remember breath spray being like a big thing? Remember that? Is that even a thing anymore? I think it, I don't know if it, does it exist? I think people just have mints now. Like I, I have not seen but I'm like, intrigued. Okay, so uh, Shark Tank episode digression. Uh, let's have a breath mint oh, spray tank. with immunity things in it, right? So we could say it has mm-hmm. like vitamin C oh, and it will protect yeah. you. Like, yeah, okay. That's how we retire now. And we, we'll just, we're done now. We leave. Done. Yeah. Know, we're just going to make our fortune selling breath spray. It's, on, it's, on, it's documented. It was our idea. You can't steal it. Um, so Dean's though, Dean's still set. We've got to get the hors d'oeuvres out of the freezer. And Gabriel's like, nope. But Dean's like, mm, yeah, you're going to kind of help us do however we want to do things because obviously they don't really know who you actually are. And we do. Do what we say. Or we're going to tell the Legion of Doom that don't really seem like angels very much who you are. That's blackmail. Or extortion. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever it is. It's wrong, Dean. I mean, eh. it's fair should happen so but we're gonna cut to callie and she's addressing and around her stomach is a chain like it's a belly belt of human skulls please be my bestie why can't we be friends <sighs> and we've got the lights off candlelight a catering cart and gabriel with a rose <sighs> and she tells him to leave she's moved on balder's uncomplicated hmm, hmm. Hmm. So our uh, the Winchesters though are going to go um, try to free- save people from the freezer. And they hear struggling and calls for help. And but... then we see Odin and the gods, and they're you know, with a person. And then Sam holds Dean yeah. back, but it's too late. And then here comes Tal Shen with a cleaver. And again, yeah, so why don't I have a cleaver? Baron. God, someone for Christmas or whatever. I don't believe in Christmas. Whatever holidays you want to give me, someone send me a cleaver. Maybe don't. But so they kill him on the front desk. Don't I don't think that keyboard's gonna work as well. Um, but cut back to Kali and Gabriel and she or slash Loki, she's calling him pathetic and that he she didn't really dig this romantic vibe. Um, but apparently she's the one that called him to the meeting, even though he wasn't officially invited. And he's like, Look, he tries to tell her, like, this this world's over. Let's go check out uh, Pandora. You wait, know. wait, wait. So do you think like she was like, she and Balder like just did it and she was just like really drunk and she was just like, oh, I'm a skater. I'm just going to text him. Maybe text- he can come to the hotel. And then like the next day she's like, shit, I can't believe I texted Gabriel or Loki. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. And she looks Pretty at her much. phone. She's just like, oh, this is why Loki's here. All right. <laughs> I don't know if that's quite the case, but that's it very exactly well how it happened. We didn't see it happen, but we don't know. Fair. Fair. And uh, so they're just talking about how to, like, handle the situation, though, that instead of having sexy talk. And she's like, no, we should fight. And he's like, you'll die. He's like, uh, no, I've tussled with those winged-ass monkeys once or twice, is how he describes the angels, which is funny. And um, he's like, look, this isn't a trick. Don't do this. She's like, I have to. Yes. He's sad and asks if she still loves him. And then she says no, but then she grabs him and kisses him. 
So I like this is Diana's interpretation. This is mine. Loki slash Gabriel tries to convince her to leave with him, but a girl's got to commit carnage when she has to. He asks her if he still loves her, and she says no, but then pulls him in for a kiss. Woo, yeah, go Callie. <laughs> you know, we each see oh. our own things. All right, so we cut yeah. to Sam, like, trying. So you're not good at lockpicking, Sam. No, he's being very bad at lock picking on this lock on the freezer door with a window in it. Still confused. Anyway, like it's um, just like a padlock. Like there's a cleaver. Go take the cleaver. Yeah. Cut the padlock off. Yeah, it's very complicated. But Zhao shows up with a very bloody mouth and interrupts them and starts, um, and then throws Dean across the room. Starts choking Sam. We cut back again and we do see Gabriel. Um, trying to get the blood vials from Callie's room while they make out. But then we hear a little slicing noise and he cut, touches his neck and now he's bleeding. Rut row. Now the blood magic's on him too. So but, does that mean um, that Mercury was just like standing in the corner, like watching them make out? Yeah. <laughs> just sitting there just like... It's creeping. With Mercury's oh, being a oh, Well, Chet, did, Chet was kind of a creeper. This kind of paper is just like, wait till, wait till you see a hard on. All right, go. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was so, that? <laughs> my cord bumped my, uh, my, my pencil holder. Anyways, okay. so um, Dean it does manage to stab Zhao with a stake from behind. Why and does he, he have whole, a like, stake? I don't know. He didn't have this before. He magically has one now. And there's lightning Why inside of Why does he even have face. one? <laughs> and he goes down. Oh, poor, poor world. He, he didn't have gone. pockets. He didn't have a bag. All of a sudden, he just has a stake. And apparently he knew that that was what was killed. Uh, but whatever. Okay. So, but Gabriel, he's not doing so Gets good. Gets called out. Yeah. Mm-mm. Collie knows who he is. Oh, shit. And now she's got his blood. So now he's going to be bound to her now and forever. And then what? What happens? What did we get to? We get some static. And then we get the music to the best show that never existed. Ghost, ghost faces. Uh, this was actually well, it technically it kind of did exist. This was literally going to the web series that CW had for Ghost Facers, but which doesn't exist anymore. Apparently, well, it wasn't on the. You can't go to like just straight to the URL that's on this show. You obviously. can't unless you go to the Wayback Machine and go to the Internet Archive. Please donate to the InternetArchive.org. It saves the internet for all of us. Not sponsored by the Internet Archive. So uh, we, but so we're here in Ghost Facers. <laughs> I don't know where. Why? Why not? Okay, whatever. And um, we get this um, uh, blonde woman applying to as an intern, and then we get our lovely speech from our our duo main ghost facers, Harry and Ed. Dead. Yeah. If you're dead, you better stay dead. Because if not, we're gonna kill you. Yep. 
So, and it is Harry who gives those lines. I do love me some yeah. Harry. Uh, so, I don't know. Are we going to see more ghost facers in the future? Who knows? Because that was it. Every That's day. it. We just go back. It just, it just promote. It goes to the, it tells you to go to the web series at cwtv.com, which is not the actual address for this. And that's it. That's it. And all, I was like, I was deeply amused. And my only comment is what just happened. <laughs> As I was, I forgot about that when I was, before I did my rewatch. And I was like, what the fuck is Diana going to think is happening? I had no fucking idea. It was very confusing. Was, I was amused, but it was confusing. It's very random, but so appropriate for mm-hmm. just this absurdity that is this fabulous episode. So from that, we cut back to the grand ballroom. Mm-hmm. And we've got Sam and Dean get brought back in. Callie is talking to Gabriel about his identity. And um, Dean asks Gabriel how the rescue is going, which is just funny at this point. But anyways, um, Callie's like, yeah, Trickster tricked us, um, and um, no, you're mine now, and um, that that's about it. So she's sitting in his lap, caressing him a little bit, with Balder being exceptionally uncomfortable with this whole thing, and she takes his angel blade. Mm. And you're just loving this. It's about to get really good. I was, I'm loving it. Um, Gabriel makes a terrible joke about that he has wings. Like Kotex. How is Kotex still a brand? Who uses Kotex? Like, I see it in the grocery store when I go in. I'm like, who the fuck is buying Kotex? I don't know. I don't understand. That's a front. Maybe maybe that's like, it was like the kids were never in Ikea. They were in Kotex. Uh, but Kelly so is she, just like you're a spy you're a spy um and um he's like no i'm a runaway and she's like um no and there she and he tells them like you should be scared of my brother you cannot beat him and i've already skipped ahead i know what's gonna happen and she's like uh nope that's not my story that's your western arrogance showing you think you're the only ones on earth you're not the only religion and you're not the only yours isn't the only god uh so mm -mm, i you can't pull the planet apart there's billions of us that were here first and it's yes callie yes it's just such this great line and it really to me like the next line is the one you're gonna like the best i know uh, is it i don't know no no, I just if anyone's gonna end this world, it's me. Yeah, I think my favorite line is just you know, the sheer arrogance, right? It's just that this whole idea of hey, knuckleheads, it's not only about you. There are other people, yeah. other religions, other things that exist in this world, and it's not just about this one little thing you do. And then Callie being the badass boss bitch even though she called her ex-boyfriend in to get his dick she still says all right you're not good for me and she kills him after she caresses his face yeah i mean the angel lights out at least he got a little lap dance before he before he went but yeah and boys you're so uber boned now they're and they're shocked looking too and mercury even comments he's like this is crazy um and but callie's like we can kill lucifer 
And so Dean finally is like, fuck this shit, because he thinks they're fucks. We might as well do something. Or he might as well like hear himself talk. So why not? So Dean's Dean's gonna monologue. We haven't had a lot of monologuing, so I mean, I guess it's a good opportunity for one. We haven't had a lot of monologuing, but we also haven't had a lot of Dean and Sam. If you think about, like, this episode, most of it is coming, at least the dialogue is coming from other characters and not Dean and Sam. And it's mainly just them reacting to, holy shit, we're in a room full of gods. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, but Dean pops off, all right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Um, and he's like, look, we're out of options. Any other day we'd be trying to kill you um, and y'all are a bunch of dicks, but you know, I'll help you kill the devil and then get, and then you can get back to ganking each other like normal. Yep, we got another gank in here. God damn it. Yeah. Um, and Lucifer's not in the yellow pages, but we can get him here. So, um, but you know, we got to let everybody in the freezer go. Or you can eat me not the best thing to say to cannibals but he also follows it up with literally he's just like yep eat Mm -hmm. me literally and i kind of do i do enjoy this and apparently they listened yeah because all of a sudden we see all the like regular human guests running out of the hotel while dean holds the door and he they kind of let him go outside actually which i think is surprising and questionable the gods let him go outside but okay let him go outside and we notice baby's back window is part way down which seems weird since they parked there in a rainstorm. And it's also not parked like an asshole anymore. So someone at some point came out, fixed the way this car was parked, took it down, and who was there? Oh my god, it's Gabriel! It's not dead. Gabriel's in the back seat. What the fuck? He says, tells him not to look at them and act more natural. Don't look at them. But back. basically, that was that was not his real angel blade. That was made out of a can of diet orange slice. Also, is that something Which, that carries? I've never seen this and I'm excited. I want to try it because you know I love weird diet sodas. Anyways. I'm pretty sure it it tastes like diet. No, it doesn't taste like. I was going to say like diet orange crush, but it doesn't because it's slice and slice tasted weird. So it tastes like a weird Pepsi, Pepsi orange product. What? Weird. I don't know. So I thought Slice was like a I'm seven sh- up product. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever it was, you can't get it anymore. Well, seven up like anyways. But um he tells Dean that look, you've got to get your blood from Callie so we can all leave. And Dean's like, No, just give me your angel blade or come help us take out Lucifer. Not help and not only help us, but sack up. Sack up. Yeah. Yeah. And Gabriel's like, mm, no. Why are you working with these monsters? And Dean's like, look, I don't have a better freaking idea, which is fair. What are you going to do at this point? They're going to kill you or you got to work with them? That's kind of what he's stuck with, right? I mean. And I I also took in my notes, I took a line from Danny Trejo and basically said, are you an angel can? Are you an angel can't? (laughs) So, um, yeah, but Gabriel just is going on about Jonestown and Lemmings and he's just like totally against this whole plan but dean's like "Mm, no you ask you act all like hard ass smart ass but uh obviously you care about all those monsters in there and you're just struggling because you can't kill your brother fair because the angel can't and we cut inside to Sam, and Sam is telling Kali and Balder that they need to squeege off, squeegee off his magical rib tattoos. Squeegee. 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 Off I, I their magical squeegee? rib tattoos. 
Yeah, she did. But at first, she's squeege, which just sounds like a different word. Or a um, band. <laughs> Isn't there a band named Squeege? Should be. But uh, Kelly does delightfully point out that it would be easier to break them. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. I was just like, oh, wait. So how, like, in any of the fights they've had, was this a possibility that if somebody punched them in the ribs that they would die, that, like their their magical stuff would be gone? I don't know. That's a good question. They get in a lot of violent altercations. Seems like important information. So, um, while we've got, you know, this whole thing going on, we have Dean telling them that the sword was a fake. So this is all bad. Uh Uh-oh. Gabriel's not dead. That's not a real sword. Oh, shit. And we're going to cut to the lobby. Mm-hmm. And someone yeah, ringing gotta... the bell. Yeah, and Mercury, aka Chet, turns, and guess who's at the front desk? But Lucifer in his vessel that is still not looking great. He's got some sores on his face. No, it's not good. Not a good look. It's not. Well, it's not a good look, but it cream. is an incredible makeup job. And yes, I mean, he oh, yeah. he definitely needs some self care days. You need some self care days. You need to to think about like I think you may be doing too many chemical peels. And mm, over overdoing it yeah your skin gets real thin then and gets irritated. I, i'm not a normally a fan of filler but maybe it's time for some filler you know like maybe i could see that yeah so we find out though from this dialogue between lucifer and mercury mercury called lucifer here Dumbass. and he's like but yeah but he's like but look i just want you to know the dialogue about this whole thing has turned a little insane um and but lucifer is like it's weird that mercury would call lucifer because lucifer is really like condescending about these gods like calls them like these pagans petty little things and anyways they're talking about fighting and selling out their own kind and they forfeit you know forfeited the plan to them they're worse than humans worse than demons so why the fuck did mercury call him i don't know and also i mean i guess also we're not supposed to like lucifer unless you're watching the show lucifer but on this in this show we're not supposed to generally like lucifer and but it's still like yes why did you call him but also this is just such a shitty you know is a very shitty idea to have that they are worse than humans and demons that they're this you know these deities that other cultures have been you know worshiping like damn motherfucker well and i think that though but i think this just shows the arrogance of lucifer in this iteration of of lords like you know we've seen lucifer's and obviously this in supernatural specifically it's been very consistent but in other lords like you mentioned the show lucifer and things like that we've seen different projections of lucifer and in this one specifically they're they've leaned really into a angels are dicks lucifer's an angel and they hate humans and they look down on others and that's pretty much it and so he's this arrogance this massive arrogance that lucifer holds because he also feels so self-righteous and even above other angels because he feels like he was the one that got slighted because he's the we won't he's get to that too, more yeah. about that but that's, I mean, it all, it all fits. It's all, it all, it's consistent it all with this, with this perception. It's very consistent with the perception and, but also just kind of consistent with that idea of just Western domination, I guess. And so that's where I'm just like, I think it's such an, I love this episode because it's opening up that kind of dialogue of 
from your worldview, how do you see other, you know, other things, yeah. right? And in Lucifer's worldview, y'all ain't shit. And I'm going to show you this by killing you by flicking my fingers. Like, he doesn't even do, like, our demon flick. He just goes... No, he just flick of, a, flick of the wrist and uh, good old Mercury did. Yeah, nobody's sad. Yeah, he's kind of a bitch. Anyway, like, um, like, we're just fine. You can die. Even. Yeah. And Lucifer goes on a god-killing spree in the hallway. We've got blood splatter everywhere, handprints on the wall, and... Um, but also, got- what does that mean for their religions? That's complicated. They never talk about, like, I don't know. That's like one leg. It's like, what's this whole Are these some kind of vessels? Are they personifications? Like, are these the actual gods? Like, I I mean, like, Odin, like, whatever. Like, yeah, you got some Proud Boys worshiping you, whatever. Like, there's not like a ton of, like, there are obviously people who believe in worth mythology. Again, not mocking you. But when you talk about your Greek, your Norse, and your Roman gods, you've got a lot less actual modern day but followers you talk, you're Hindu. than you do of like hindu which is and the massive Shen? world religion like, yeah. what happens exactly. if that god dies like do they oh, know i don't know like so many questions that don't get answered thanks I supernatural I all right so but lucifer now that he is just like a bunch yeah. of things goes back into a grand ballroom which yeah. really also and... like one last point in the grand ballroom that is not a crime. But also, I guess every hotel I've ever been in, they've had the grand ballrooms at all. Like, most of them look this shitty. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Sam and Dean tell Kali and Balder that, hey, Lucifer's here, and we all need to get out of here. But they can't. So, there we go. Um, so, Lucifer's like, sh- Lucifer shows up, and Balder, like, approaches him. And um, they, uh, they they kind of he is kind of an attack, and Lucifer puts his hand through Baldur's chest. Yeah, and Baldur's just is like you know again reiterating kind of like you think this own you own the planet, but gives you the right. Yeah. And Lucifer says, "No one gives us the right; we take it." Ooh, that is like a pretty like large statement. I think and I'm just like, yeah, yeah. yes, you do. And then Callie's so, like super pissed because you just killed her second boyfriend. She already lost yep. like her her backup side dick, and now like mm-hmm. her primary dick is like just pissed. And so what does she do? She turns her arms into fire and tries to shoot it at him, but it doesn't work very well. And then she approaches Lucifer, and um, then um, he gives her an uppercut that sends her across the room. He just ducks but- her, and that's also like that's almost more demeaning right like holly is just like here's all my fire and he's just like and he's like pop you in the face but guess who shows back up it's gabriel yay he's there and he presses a dvd into dean's chest and says guard this with your life yeah. And Sam and Dean are also hiding behind a table because it's got these, you know, the fantastic conference room table, like yeah. the things that hang down from conference room tables that your feet are just going to get caught up in and they're awful. But also, why are you guarding a porno? It's very weird. It's, it's a little weird. Mm-hmm. So Lucifer is going to kill Callie, but he gets flung backwards by Gabriel with the, and he's got his angel blade. And basically they they're gonna they're gonna chat about it for a minute because uh 
Gabriel's like, not this time. Da, da, da. He does start off Everybody's with a great Lucy I'm, Lucy, I'm home. And yeah. I do wish that we just, dis- maybe this is because of the show Lucifer, but I just want to call him Lucy or in Disenchanted. I just want to call him Lucy. I haven't watched that one yet, but yeah. So we've got, um, anyway, so Gabriel tells the brothers to get Callie out of there. And, um, Lucifer's like pissed because he thinks that this whole he's assuming based on Gabriel's reaction that this whole reaction is over a girl over Kali and over Gabriel's feelings for her so um yeah Gabriel's like "Mm, yeah no I you know but brother I love you but you're a great big bag of dicks everyone loves a bag of dicks eat that one you're in Seattle and so they also but he calls him out on his shit Right, which he is- does. Gabriel really calls Lucifer out. It's good shit. Good shit. Boohoo, daddy was mean to me, so I'm gonna smash up all his toys. And he's like, We know the truth, you know the truth. Dad loves you the best, more than me, more than Michael. But he brought the new baby home. I mean People's babies. us, we're the and baby. Lucifer- we're the babies and Lucifer couldn't handle it. So this is all a big temper tantrum, and it's time to grow up. We cut outside to Callie looking down on baby. And this is where she Hold up, me. girl. What the fuck? Like, she won't get up. She won't get inside of baby. This classic. I'm not getting in that thing. What is wrong with this you? This isn't some fucking beater. No, it's this not is. not like some beater. This is a fully restored, beautiful fucking classic car, ma'am. Yeah, hold your shit. Ma'am. And this is where, like, Callie, like, all right, I, we're besties. I want to be, but we, we need to talk. Like, no, no. Call it, mm. Cut, you know. but she does. She does. She goes. She gets in the car eventually. But still, I was pissed. I was like, "What?" And we were all just like, "Ah, oh, oh, oh. you, you have, you went too far, too far." And also, just didn't make sense because the car is not like. like I also don't car. get that. I'm like, no, it's a gorgeous car. Like that's a car. Like they would park outside the hotel, like to let other like yeah. when you go into a hotel, and they're like, these are the cool people who stay here. This is a car. Yes. Like to park there, that would have been parked outside. Yeah. Uh huh. People rent cars like that for special occasions. Anyways, um, so we cut back to the Lucifer and Gabriel show where they're talking about their, their back and forth and their family, their brother, their brother dynamic. And he thinks that Lucifer thinks that Gabriel's doing this for Michael, but that's not the case. He's like, nope, I'd shiv him too. Sorry. So first he this thought is... he was doing it for Kali. Now he thinks he's and doing it for Michael. For Michael. Yeah. And so he's... Lucifer is confused about this whole thing. He was like, I'm loyal to people. I am. He's like, I, and, and Lucifer just cannot wrap his brain around Gabriel being willing to die for a pile of cockroaches. Um, and, but Gabriel's like, no, they're better than us. You know, they might be flawed, but they try to do better. They try to figure it out. And they've got the spearmint rhino. Yes. We all love the spearmint rhino. He also says, and I, I really do love this whole, like people are great. It's when those things remind you like why you shouldn't hate everybody. And mm-hmm. he also says that, you know, I've been riding the pine a long time and I had to look that up because I don't know what the fuck that was. You know why I didn't know what it was? Cause it's a sports ball reference. And mm-hmm. apparently that means like we were sitting on the bench. Yeah. Yeah. They tricked me with the um, sports ball. Sports ball references. So, um, and Lucifer's like, please don't make me do this. And um, he's like, look, you know, no one makes anyone do things, which is a, a really good philosophical comment as well. I really like that. That's what Gabriel says. Mm-hmm. But then we see a second Gabriel. 
behind Lucifer, who's rearing back his arm to stab Lucifer. But Lucifer knows, so he spins and he stabs Gabriel first. No, and we see the other Gabriel disappear and this one fizzle and do the angel light out. God damn it. And then Gabriel's dead, we assume. And we get this wonderful thing that I, th- I don't know if we've seen this before. I think we have, but I love this. One of my favorite shots in Supernatural is when an angel dies like this. And the, the wings. wings are spread out. And there's just Burned these black the wings that are spread out behind him around his body. And it's just, mwah. That's really, just really good. So good. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So we get a red screen immediately after this and scrolling text about performers being over the age of 18. And, and if you're music- anybody like me and you're seeing that, you're like, this is porn. That's how porn start. And like, for those of you who don't remember before Pornhub, like there used to be movies. And so like before then they had to guarantee that the women that who are working in this were actually old enough to work at it. And sometimes it wasn't true. That's how we have things like Tracy Lords. But in this was like, if you knew anything, this read-through means I'm about to watch some porn. What the fuck? You already gave us Ghost Facers. Now we're getting porn? Yeah. We get Costa Robotica 13. <gasps> yes. Yes. And so we've got a, an attractive blonde woman laying on a bed, flipping through a magazine in lingerie, monologuing about how she's a busy business president and she's taking time for herself. Yes. Being a high power business president is super fun, but so exhausting. Sometimes I just need to relax. I need Casa Erotica. And then room service knocks on the door. (gasps) And we realize that it's the Winchester brothers are watching this on a laptop on the roof of baby on the side of the road, which is a very weird place to pop a porn DVD into your computer. You're also watching porn with your brother. This cannot be a comfortable situation. Like, oh, hey, bro, like, let's pop in some Casa Erotica and, and I watch like it together. Dean is not un- Dean's not uncomfortable. Sam is. Yes, That's you my- know Sam is so like, oh, I don't know. I can't watch this together. And- no, I mean, with his brother. That's the thing. Yeah, oh, no. I think right. Dean doesn't care about that either. Yeah, no, Dean doesn't give a fuck. And Sam's just like, God damn, my brother's going to see me looking at naked boobies. And I will say at one point, though, like, there was a time where my friends and I did watch porn together because porn used to have, like, actual plots. Like, yeah. yeah. And so we would always find, like, there was, like, a crybaby one and, like, there was, like, an Archie, like, and Veronica one. And then we you know, mainly were watching it because my friend was very pregnant and her husband couldn't have sex. So, we just kind of watched it in front of him to make him very uncomfortable because we're those kind of bitches. But, you know. It's not very nice. But either way, there was there was plots and, and funny ones at one point in time. I don't know if that still happens. But who's room so. service at the door in this, por- in this porn? But <gasps> Gabriel with a bad mustache and a very open 1970s style collar. So good. It's so good. And he has a kielbasa for her. And she asks, mm-hmm. no, is it is it Polish? Hungarian. Ah, oh, it's Hungarian. <laughs> uh, and so they start making out. Sam asks Dean what the hell is going on. But then Gabriel breaks the fourth wall 
and it's talking directly. How many walls says, is, it, is it the wall? In like, third wall? Fourth I don't wall? know. I don't know. There's whatever so many it's called. You know. Walls that are things. That are the one where they look at the screen. That is know. the fourth <clears> wall, but this is with inside. Like, I don't know. Anyways. Oh, yeah. It's the wall within the wall within the show. Yeah. And he's like, look, you're probably wondering what the hell is going on, which is fair. But he rips the mustache off and says, look, if you're watching this, I'm dead. Stop sobbing. Um, without me, you don't have a shot to kill Lucifer, but you can trap him back in the same cage you sprung him from. Oh, <gasps> what? It's not going to be easy. You're going to have to open it and trick him into it while avoiding Michael and the God squad. It's a secret that even Lucifer doesn't know, but there are four keys to the cage and they're the rings that belong to the four horsemen. What? what? Not, Have the plot see. been leading up to this to this point? I don't know. Uh, and they and he's like, look, I'm not betting on y'all, but I've been, you know, I've been wrong before. So and I, I've stood and I stood up to my brother. So there we go. Now it's sexy time. There you go. He's ending. You're right. I was afraid to stand up to my brother. Not anymore. So this is me standing up. And this is me lying down. Ah! And then he starts fucking that chick, and then Sam's just like, no, 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 stop, 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 Don't need to see my friend's dick. Don't need to see my friend's dick. Which I'm sure we've all had that moment at some point. <laughs> and Dean points out they already have um, war and fam and famine's rings. They only need pestilence and death. It's a plan. So it's, there's a thing, and they have they have a plan, which is. Anybody, as Diana is probably like on the same page as me. Is like, oh my god, if we're really freaked out, all we want is a plan of action, and now we've got yeah. one. All right, we got we got wars, we got famines. Let's get some pestilence and death. But this episode isn't oh. over. No, we got one more scene to get us through, and it's a gross one. So gross, so gross, so gross. We have a station wagon pulling into the. Eagle Pass General Store. You see the man working at the counter reading a newspaper. And the headline made me want to throw my chair because this was in what year was this show? 2010? I marked it too. I marked it too. 2010 was when this episode came out. And um, the headline in the newspaper is about staying home because of the new influenza strain. Spoiler, they won't. Uh, anyways, and then we see a fly. And we didn't know. We didn't know that the whole like procrastination. That's the word. Progress. What the fuck is that word? Like for pro, pro, is it's like it's not procrastination. It's prognostic. You know when you predict something. Prognostication is that, is that the word? The word. I don't, I don't know. know. It's supernatural just predicts everything. But anyways, okay. So there's like a the Simpsons. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, we see a fly. It's kind of our precursor here. And then a older gentleman enters the room or enters the store and he is real sick. His nose is real red and he's making a lot of really gross congestion noises and he's got flies around him and he sneezes clear snot all fucking over everything on the counter. And there's this goo everywhere. And it reminds me of what Kevin does when he rubs against you after he drinks too much water Kevin, Kevin the dog, not her. Yeah, that's not a person. That's a that's um, dog. Yeah, so, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. And um, including the fizzy cola candy, which was very sad. And then um, he goes, the guy, at, you know, anyways, it's just real gross. 
This guy sum, go, sum it up really is cute. gross. It's all just gross. There's mucus everywhere. And he um, buys, uh, gets some medicine. He's asking about the daytime formula if it makes you drowsy. And I like the guy's like, the red or orange ones are okay for daytime. Oh, yeah, good, good, good reminder, always. Um, so this nasty dude who's like mucusing from all of his face orifices goes to the counter and sneeze snots all over the guy at the counters, the guy working the counter's face. And it is so, like, I gag. Gross. Bad. It's very, very. he's coughing everywhere. It's just gross all around. And he walks outside. And as soon as he does, all his sneezing and coughing stops. He smirks. And he gets into his very dirty car. But it's a, it's a wagon. And, and, and we see the license plate. Mm-hmm. The Nevada plate. It's sick and tired. God damn it. S-I-K-N space T-R-D. Let me get a little zoom in on his ring. So we know that this is now pestilence. We're confirmed. And his, we get a close-up of his exhaust because that car is burning oil or some shit. And there's a form of swarm of flies inside the car as he smiles and drives away. And that's a skill. He can drive while his entire car is full of bugs. Full of flies. Full of flies. Yeah, and doesn't bother him at all. It's a skill. And that's how we know. I think we know where we're going. But that's the scene. Mm-hmm. And that is how this episode, which I know we've gone a very long time. because, But there was a lot in this episode. And we're not it even was. done yet. And we still have no. more things to talk about. And so before we get to, oh my god, how did you feel about this episode, Diana? We gotta know who else was in this episode. We do. We do. We do. So I'm gonna hit some featured. We have a, a big cast in this episode, so we're gonna focus some featured cast members for our casting couch today. Um, casting. Obviously, I'm a casting couch. It's the casting couch. Were they on that show that time with that guy? So we'll kick off actually working a little bit backwards. We're going to start with Pestilence um, because uh, Pestilence was played by Matt um, uh, Frewer and he is best known as Max Headroom. What? That was a movie, TV series. He was actually also made an appearance in the 2015 movie Pixels. It's a wild character from the 80s, if you didn't, or early 80s, early 90s, if you didn't know. He also was the cornered executive who jumps in The Meaning of Life, which is interesting as a side one. Um, he was uh, Big Russ Thompson in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. He was uh, in a, a funny, uh, he was um, in The Stand as Trash Can Man. He was uh, the principal in National Lampoon's Senior Trip. He did the voice for Panic in the, Her- the animated Disney Hercules shows and movies. He was Frank in the um, 2004 Dawn of the Dead. He was Moloch <laughs> in The Watchmen. Uh, he is um, Archibald Stanley in Night at the Museum, Secret of the Tomb. Um, he was uh, Peter Morgan in The Order, Logan in Fear of the Walking Dead, and The Binder in The Magicians. 
Um, so someone that we've seen in a lot of things. He's also done a ton of animation voice work that I just was too much to list even. Good for you, man. So, You're so good. So yeah, good. We love it. Yeah. Um, Balder was played by Adam Crosdell. Uh, done a lot of TV movies and TV, but a lot of video game voice work, interestingly, including like almost all the Final Fantasy. And Did he ever do a Balder? I don't, I didn't, uh, no, it didn't. That would have been amazing. That'd be funny. Because Balder is Um, actually a character in a lot of, I didn't mention it, but like, it's one of those weird, like Norse gods who like pops up and like, like, as your research is like, oh, like how to like do the cheat skills for Balder. I'm like, I don't care about that, but I know he was in video games. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, no, he's, um, but some other like key shows he's, you might've seen him on is Lord Bothwell on rain. Um, the R-E-I-G-N show. Um, Acarius in Preacher, which is Icarus. a series I was watching. Uh, Icarus. Icarus, yeah. Acarius? Uh, uh, yeah. Spell different. Uh. Spell different. Anyways, uh, in Preacher, and then Clive Grayson on the TV show. It's a series called Monarch that's out right now. Um, next up, we can't not talk about Callie, played by Areka Sharma. Um, she was in the core as Danny. She was a regular character on Smallville, Dr. Harden. Uh, she was nurse Helen in alien versus president predator Requiem. Um, she was Tori Foster, a long running character on Battlestar Galactica. That's, I think, uh, I think probably what she's most well known most for. Know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, she had a role in the 2009 version of V, which I really enjoyed. Uh, she is a Commander Landry on Star Trek Discovery, the newest newest iteration of Star Trek. Uh, she Jessica Roberts on Yellow Jackets, which is an acclaimed series out currently, which I haven't watched, but she's a regular character on that. And uh, Shivani is a, a regular character on Roswell, New Mexico. So good. So. Love her. Yes. And then Mercury was played by John Emmett Tracy. Um, he's done a lot of television work. He was a regular character, Enzo Lambert on I Zombie we like um he was also um had a role he had a bit role in 50 Sh- 50 shades freed which i'm just amused by um mm. and he was a, reg- a regular character on catwoman the tv series and he is ellis uh, steel on yellowstone which i know is a very popular show many elderly people watch that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i know people that aren't elderly that watch it uh so um Ganesh was played by Keith Dave uh, Keith Dallas. Funny enough, he's had bit parts in like a, a very weird mix of movies. Uh, Romeo Must Die, Sisterhood oh. of the Traveling Pants, oh. um, Percy Jackson, uh, Final Destination Three. Oh, your favorite. Uh, he he was Big Leroy in Snakes on a Plane. On a motherfucking plane. Um, uh-huh and uh he had uh, a couple parts on i've zombie and uh supergirl uh series as well and then they've done a small series of fairly odd parents live action tv movies which i didn't know about because i love those cartoons and he is a regular character on those all right so odin was played by duncan fraser um he was uh coach decker in Ernest goes to school um he was dr cartwright in the exorcism of emily rose um he was in um a few other things like there was a he was one of the he was in the predator the 2018 version he was bill in buddy games it was a comedy with dax shepherd and olivia munn a couple years ago uh and he was in the movie eight below which is the one with the, the sled dogs so i don't know if that's because they're sled dogs 
And like like we said, there's and Zhao Shen was played by uh, King Lao. Um, in addition to a small role in Kick-Ass 2, he's actually um, plays Bati Tegan in Mulan when they did the live version. The live version? Recently. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. I knew yes. I recognized it. Yes. So there we go. So that's, I know we've got a few other folks here, but that's our, our quick our rundown of our casting our couch, our featured cast members this week. Oh, yeah. I Honestly, I prepared Diana before this. So I was like, hey, casting couch is going to be a, a thing. A doozy. It's a doozy. Oh, but that was awesome. All right. So, what the fuck did you think? It was fucking amazing. Great episode. Totally enjoyable. We had real, like, it wasn't too floofy. It's like real shit. And it made you think, but it was super fun still. And it was pretty scenery, but simple. They just, they knocked it out of the park for sure. And clever dialogue. And I know how you feel about Gabriel, Loki, Trickster, whatever, Richard Spike. I know how you feel. So I like, and I really like that character. So it's really fun to have him on here. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I have, so many, have so many feelings of this episode. I don't know if I can wrap them, wrap them up into one thing, but really. We didn't have either of the boys being a bitch to each other. You know, and this is, you know, it, as I was thinking about why is this one of my favorite episodes and, you know, they don't really have that much of a role in this. Mm-hmm. And there are other episodes we'll see that'll come up where they, they kind of take a back role. But in this one, it just felt so appropriate. And yeah. it would never felt like we were missing them, right? Like, But if you think about their Because act- they were there. They were it wasn't there. like they weren't there. But it, it was just mainly was there, like, the reacting. Inside. Like there was, it was very reactive. And, but yeah. the story was so good and it just fits in and everything was so funny. But- also still just this great idea of about like and i just love that they address this too like mm-hmm. how do we handle this idea of a judeo-christian apocalypse in this global world where that's not the only thing that people yeah. are seeing and so i just i thought this was an amazing way to address it but still keep our storyline on point that this is what we're talking about we are talking about the specific apocalypse this is how the other things in the world feed into it and we acknowledge yeah. it and we move on and you know we and basically we move on by killing all of them but well yeah mm-hmm. also what happened what to collie that was lucifer's choice what happened to collie she was in the car and then she wasn't Mm. spoiler she does not come back in supernatural but i do love the fact that yeah. at least like she got away one of the is it was just she like got what it got away it's just like well besides the fact she's a boss ass bitch and nobody can take holly down <clears throat> uh, but i also I, mean, I love this representation of the female deity in this way just like she like her dialogue and just her attitude and everything like she was never like mean like he's a little mm-hmm. mean, but like it was never like she wasn't angry. Like it was just uh so what up. Right. She wasn't like Meh, I'm a mean lady god. Meh. She was just like, nah. Yeah, no, she's nah. she's a boss ass bitch and I love her. So any other final thoughts on this? No. That was fun. All right. Super fun. And I can't believe we're at a hundred episodes. So reminder again, if you made it this far or jumped in late, subscribe, send us your, send us your, make sure you're subscribed, like all our stuff. If you send us your info, we'll be happily, um, drop you some stickers in the mail. 
Yes. Send us all your information and your social security numbers and your credit card. No, wait, 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 no, 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 is that we're getting? Just, just, just mailing your yeah. PO box yeah. is yeah. fine. But yeah, DM us on Instagram, on Twitter. All those things are gonna, are in our link bios mm-hmm. on Instagram. On, just look up Double Strap Podcast. You'll find this. But for the 100th time and looking forward to many more. Cheers, Drip. Cheers, bitch. Devil's Trap Podcast is a Don't Get It production. Meow. Devil's Trap Podcast is part of the Ship It Studios Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Devil's Trap Podcast, Twitter at Devil's Trap Pod, or you can email us at Devil's Trap at Devil's Trap Podcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and share with all your friends. We're at all your favorite podcast outlets and at devilstrappodcast.com. I'm Babe. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.